Hello there and welcome to the Arsenal Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games and all that jazz like there is no tomorrow. This week we are talking about the Batman. My name is Tom and as always I'm joining my co-host John. Hey, I'm here. It's time. It's finally time and I can say definitively this film is cinema. It is pure cinema. It's not a comic book film. It doesn't feel like it. It's something that you don't see in Adam West, old Batman TV shows. That's true. It's definitely the furthest thing from that. This is just like a Batman film that we've been waiting to see. We kind of see that in Batman v Superman, but it wasn't really clear enough. But this one, it didn't need introduction because we know Batman. But this is like Mm. a different path to it. It's more dark. It's more gritty. It's more realistic. This is going to be this term, realistic. We're going to see this a lot of times in the in this film because... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It goes without saying, full spoilers ahead. So if you haven't seen this, get down to the cinema and see it because this really is everything that I wanted it to be and more. Let's just kind yeah. of go straight into it. From the very opening, I was just so, so hooked. The second yeah. kind of sequence of the film with Batman throughout Gotham was amazing with the voiceover talking about how when that light hits the sky it's a warning and all the people like all the criminals they look to the shadows and they think someone's there and they run away in fear until you finally get the criminals who actually do get to see batman and and as you see in the trailer he beats up those clowns and what an opening that is just something that we didn't really see in the batman films like you know pure fear from Mm -hmm. criminals so that we kind of see that in the dark knight but not expanding enough like in the second one but this it just showed like the true essence of batman like you know the fear like what if he comes out of the shadows and and it was like definitely out of the opening in court of owls or in batman year one the voiceover and showing the terrifying and horrifying shots of gotham like how depressing it is and how the criminals taking over gotham but yeah yeah gotham feels so alive in this film in the past i don't think since batman and robin has gotham felt so i mean that's not true maybe not since batman begins has Gotham felt so gritty and like its own character, especially in The Dark Knight Rises and The Dark Knight and Batman v Superman. I love all those films, but it's just like Chicago or New York. It's not Gotham, but this really felt like Gotham. The city that just being in it makes you feel like you're trapped, makes you feel like crime is everywhere. And it's a place that, as Bruce says, maybe is beyond saving and i really really felt that in this film yeah they really did amazing shots of gotham like it's a brand new place different architecture like it's gothic and um the really cool thing is i remember they shot the batman in liverpool with the architecture and the, the statues as well outside that funeral scene if, if you remember Yes, Uh, of course, yes, of course. Yeah, it's like the true embodiment of Gotham that we've been finally waiting to see, yeah. It really did feel like what you get in the comics. Obviously, we recently did our video on the best Batman stories, and one of the things we talked about, especially in the New 52 run, is Gotham being this character and being almost the most important character in any Batman story, and I feel like this really nailed it. There were so many points where I was like, yes, it makes sense that this city would create such monsters. People like the Riddler, 
who have been destroyed by everything within it and false promises. And the cinematography in this film and the framing of everything was amazing. I just can't describe it. You're seeing like some incredible shots, like when Batman and Catwoman are talking near the bat signal, the sunrise in the distance. And then yes. it's like their definition of the relationship, you know, like the night and day. I'm going to talk about this Bruce Wayne and Batman. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's fun. But it's just like in the past films, we kind of see Batman's love relationship all over the place. If you don't remember it. But with Catwoman, mm-hmm. you know, like in the Arkham, I'm going to keep referring back to the Arkham games. Like it's the suit and everything that did really well with the shots. And ah, I don't know. I'm just too happy to talk about it. It's just you can describe it much better than me with the shots. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. You. Yeah, well, I, I feel better. like I know what you mean with, with Catwoman. But in every Every time that Bruce Wayne is given a love interest in the Batman films, maybe the only time it's not like this is in Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. But every time it's like, this is the person who, this is the love of Bruce's life. You've got your Vicky Vales, Rachel, even like the other two Catwomans in Batman Returns and The Dark Knight Rises. But this... It felt like a fascination that Bruce feels kind of drawn to Selina and not confused, but she poses questions to him that he has never considered or maybe has considered and is genuinely intrigued by. She says to him, it's clear that you grew up rich because you don't see the suffering of all these people. And that's very evident. It's similar to what kind of issues they bring up in The Dark Knight Rises, but it feels a lot more grounded. The whole time Catwoman is fighting for this woman, Annika, who has been killed and who nobody knows, nobody will remember because she is just poor and unimportant. And Catwoman is one of the factors in which takes Batman through this character arc in the film where he learns... It's not just about being vengeance. It's not just about striking fear into the hearts of criminals, but it's about providing hope to the people of Gotham. I loved that character art. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I've got more notes for that scene where, you know, Batman and Catwoman were talking in that scene near the bat signal with that huge, stunning cinematography. I really want to know how they did that. It's just so amazing. I really like the dynamics between Batman and Catwoman throughout this. They're completely different characters, but they, you know, they attract each other. As you say, not being too confused. It's just like a fascination between a bat and a cat. Yeah, it's just written so well with the different nature between them. Let's talk about Riddler. Yeah, okay. It wasn't conventional Riddler. It wasn't what you see in Batman Forever or in Gotham or in anything else. They gave him this kind of modern retelling where he obviously his his design is very much inspired by the Zodiac killer and they gave him a social media following and this presence and I think it really worked he was this looming figure who obviously is presenting clues and riddles that were constantly keeping Batman on his toes in all the deaths that are happening in all the different ways and I thought that that was really good to then see him unmasked at the end when he is just somebody who craves attention and he craves a feeling that he can bring some sort of meaning and that he can overthrow the ruling classes. And I loved that scene in the prison where Batman just says, you're a psychopath and you're just an attention seeker and you're not really going to make any impact and everyone will forget you. And Riddler is just screaming, no, no, you're wrong. I'm going to change everything. And probably my least favorite scene in the film is the scene with Joker at the end. But what I did love about that is how Riddler 
still he saw the news and he realized that nobody cares about him anymore everyone's looking to batman and ultimately everything that he does is pointless because hope always shines through yeah and riddler was more of a really scary villain in the past arkham or in films in generals like he's a very goofy character yeah but no this one was just like a really good horrifying character it was like Saw, Seven, and like all of those all together. And I'm glad they did that. You know, he's a bit more realistic. He's an attention seeker. And like, if you watch that at the end when he's like, hey guys, thank you for following me. And that <laughs> Don't was, that forget was really to leave a like. Mm. Yeah, that was really funny. And yeah. um, throughout the film, it just works really well. Piecing all the information together. And it's just a brand new story for Riddler. It's just like a new thing that we haven't seen. He's a lot more darker and oh, at the beginning of the of the film, like he appeared out of nowhere oh, in the mayor's uh, yeah. home. That, oh, was, that was really cool. There are a lot of interesting parallels to Riddler and Batman, such as the opening shot is we see Riddler's binoculars and that perspective. And later on, we mirror that perspective when Bruce is looking through his binoculars into Selena's apartment. And the way that the Riddler emerges from the shadows in that first scene is very similar to how Batman emerges from the shadows. And it's interesting that they build Riddler up as this attention-seeking person who feels like he can change everything and it's in his hands to do so. And he does it in all the wrong ways. It's very interesting how that is exactly what Bruce is doing. As Batman, he believes as well that what he is doing is the only way to fix this and that he is taking this responsibility in his own hands. And those are some things that Alfred kind of points out in in his scenes that he will have nothing left if he continues down this path. But very similar to the Riddler, Bruce doesn't really care what happens to him. But unlike the Riddler, he changes and he and he realizes, as I say at the end, that hope is the thing that can save everyone. Yeah, he was a really good character in this one. I thought he was like, you know, mustache twirly type of character. <laughs> he was like a very straightforward and psychopathic character. So yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. I would like to see. Because we're going to get a sequel. Like, it's all but confirmed. I think they might even be working on one. I would like to see him go more comic book Riddler. I would genuinely like to see him in the green suit with the hats and the cane and him take that creepy social media side and turn it into a more flamboyant... Maybe his relationship with the Joker might bring that out in him and if we see him again i'd like to see that explored yeah we've seen something really different but i think paul dano amazing performance by him he could do some really cool stuff with that classic riddler it you know it's like in gotham i think the riddler in gotham is so cool and the way that he is maniacal and he's really flamboyant in everything and i think that would be cool to explore in this universe too yeah that would apply easely in that universe as well from you know mm-hmm. from that Gotham TV show to that and that just works like him yeah. being crazy and obsessing with Batman you know with the idea of hope yeah yeah that would actually work if the sequel in the works but if Matt Reeves is doing a sequel we all know that he's a god he is he can't lose at this point he has my complete and utter faith in Matt Reeves we trust yes. <laughs> in Matt Reeves we trust indeed let's talk about yeah. Falcone oh Falcone he was interesting, actually. And it was a great twist with Selena saying, oh, he's my father. Like, I didn't really expect that because was that in the com- I don't think that was in the comics somewhere. But... I, don't, I don't think so. No, but that was a good one, like to apply some relationship within 
Catwoman and Falcone because I think that's not a relationship that we could explore, you know, with the whole mafia crime lord Falcone that he is. Like, he's left out a lot. I mean, in Dark Knight Trilogy, he's... In Dark Knight Trilogy, he's Falcone because... Christopher Nolan doesn't know how to pronounce things, apparently. Oh, Falcone. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's weird. I, I thought he was cool. I thought the, as you say, the idea of this whole everyone is dirty, everyone is in the pocket of yeah. this one guy, it fits into what the Riddler is, is arguing about how everyone is in on this and everyone is lying. And I think that that works really well. And the thing about Falcone is you get some really interesting play with blame and the truth. You know, there are, there yeah. are moments where Falcone will say things to Bruce that makes him question, you know, his parents. And there's that whole, like, did Falcone have the Waynes killed or was it maybe Maroney or just oh, some like random that. person? Like, we don't know. And I thought that was really interesting to explore it's something that you get in the Batman Telltale game. This exploring a bit deeper. Is it just like a random hit from some thug who wanted some money? Or was it like more planned? And I think that was an interesting thing to explore through Falcone. And his relationship with Selina, I think, was a really, really good way for them to explore murder. Batman has to persuade her not to kill Falcone. And I think that that was some really strong character work of them. Batman's no kill rule is very much at the center of his philosophies and that's no different here and I think that was a really good way to explore that with her having really good reason to kill Falcone and literal proof that he killed her friend and yet Batman has to it's like how he's inspiring hope he's, he's he inspires people to be better and he inspires her not to kill him yeah and that was a really good way of like connecting everybody in and Falcone, he was a massive part of this. There was one bit that I really liked, the dialogue between Bruce and Falcone was like, he, he said, um, oh, your father, he saved me on our operating table. And then Bruce said, well, you used the Hippocratic Oath. Do you know what the Hippocratic Oath is? I don't think I do. So the Hippocratic Oath is where the doctors will save lives without question. So no matter how good the person is, even if it's like a murderer. Oh, wait. They will uh, save them, wait. right? Let me check. Ah, here we go. To prevent self-interested doctors from harming individual patients in ancient times. Yeah, so you have to say they will not tamper anything with the patient, so... Yeah, no, that, that is quite cool. There's definitely this kind of mob mentality. The whole thing is so noir, where there are only a handful of straight cops on the GCPD. The DA is dirty. The mayor is dirty. And it all goes back to Falcone, this mob boss who isn't seen and whenever he is is like like you know it's like a really big deal and i think that that was really cool to explore and it really worked well with the, all the detective elements it did feel like a 50s noir film with the voiceover and all the different clues and just the way that some of the characters spoke to each other like jim always calling batman chief it just it did feel like that kind of film yeah it did and there was some great character dynamics between jim and Batman, you know, like the exchanging like chief and like, yes. you know, he is the real person here. And Jim was really good. I'm just thinking about like the past Jim Gordons. They're all great. If I can remember, like they're all great in films and comics, but Jeffrey White did really well. As he Jim did. In this one. Yeah. With the whole persona of like trying to save Gotham. Yeah. That was that yeah. excellent scene in the GCPD where all of the cops are pushing for Batman's arrest and to unmask him. And Jim's like, leave me alone with this guy. And he's just like, okay. Hit me in the face and get out of here. And as 
I loved that scene so much where Bruce, you know, he absolutely decks Gordon and then just literally runs through all the all the cops and they're all chasing him and he goes up the stairwell like with his grapple hook and then like he puts on his flight suit and he just jumps off the building it was so cool it's things yeah, that we've seen so before cool. like we've seen the, the cops chasing batman so many times but as always matt reeves put a different spin on it and i really appreciated that this didn't feel like any other batman film that we've ever seen and it was just cool man yeah it was so cool i want to talk about the realistic elements like what you said about you know jumping out with the wingsuit that yes. is the most realistic thing we've seen anything in Batman universe. Like he's using yeah. the wingsuit, not using the cape. That was like the most like perfect sense, like to have that there. And um, and there was some great bits with the fighting. That was really good. Like Batman took a few shots. Like at the beginning, like he was fighting with the criminals. That whole fight scene was like very short but it's just like showing how terrifying batman is in combat but he like took a shot there's other ones as well like in the club when he's like going through fighting everyone like john wick style but yes and of course robat bat and bat wields a baseball bat it was a beautiful moment (laughs) oh yeah he did yeah yeah yeah, it was, and obviously Penguin's like, whoa, take it easy, sweetheart. It's uh, moments that obviously we saw in the trailer, but they're just as cool here. And Penguin was also really cool. He wasn't at yeah. all like, a, he wasn't a huge part of the film, but he was very much like that kind of like secondary mob guy who's always like taking cheap shots at people. And obviously Colin Farrell's great and the makeup is insane. And that Batmobile chase, it's so cool. Oh. It's a it's oh, a long chase, but damn, it's some cool Batmobile action. Um, yeah, let's talk about Penguin for a bit. Penguin was, as you said, he wasn't a big part of the film, but also you just like he was very like kind of integral to the story, you know, with everything. And the cool bit, like trying to find out what the it was like the Spanish wording, like low at yeah, it was a, a rat with wings, and so they a think, okay, wings. maybe it's a bat, maybe it's a penguin, and obviously they they eventually find out it's a falcon, like Falcone. Yeah, Colin Firth. Uh, no, no, Colin Firth. Okay. Oh my Colin god! Powell. Yes, cast Colin Firth as the penguin, please. Somebody do it. Oh my god, get guys. I mean Colin Farrell. Um, <laughs> It's so bizarre, like, how they did the makeup so well. Like, Oh, if they don't get nominated for Best Makeup at the Oscars, I mean, like, that is some of the best I've ever seen. Have they? Have they done? No, it'll be, it'll be next year. Oh, man, we have to wait until next year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Uh, but no, we're get- so we're getting two of the spin-offs that we're getting. We're getting a Penguin TV show and oh, cool. a GCPD. TV show. I think that Penguin is a really good character to explore a bit more. I think there's a lot of potential there. And yeah, I think that if Gotham taught me anything is that Penguin can be one of the most interesting characters in the Batman universe. And that show is a good idea. It could be really cool. Yeah, get him to explore more. It's like Peacemaker in Suicide Squad and they got a really good TV show. I heard it's really good. I want to watch it. Oh, it, um, it is good. I can tell you that. Yeah. I'm glad they're going to explore Penguin, so... Yeah, that good. Yay, yay! It's gonna be in like HBO Max, right? Uh, yeah, probably. Ah, oh, man, I have to wait us, for uh, many, many years. The, yeah, it's like us many. in the U. Unless you got a VPN, you basically oh. screwed. But I have to pay money for VPN. Mm. Ah! 
I think the out of all the characters, the one character who I definitely would have liked to see more of was Alfred. Alfred gets oh, about yeah. three scenes with Bruce, and I really liked those scenes, but there just yeah. wasn't enough. And this is a long yeah. film, but when Alfred is put in an accident, I didn't really feel it. Their relationship wasn't at the point where I really felt the hurt. Obviously, I know Batman and Alfred's relationship, and I know that it's important and that it's important to Bruce that he survives. But this Bruce and Alfred, I didn't see enough of them. And I would have liked to see so much more. And the scene where they're in the hospital and Alfred saying, you were such a scared kid and you needed a father and I did the best that I could with you. That was a great scene. But again, there just wasn't enough of that. Yeah, that was a bit sad. Like you didn't see enough with Alfred. But if you think about like the whole film in general, like how are you going to put Alfred in these situations? It's going to be a bit hard. Hopefully, well, if they're going to do a sequel, like they can include Alfred a bit more, helping him. But another detail was that uh, Batman in this film, he was trying to work alone and not trying to get Alfred in the way as well. I think that worked because throughout you don't hear as Alfred, but then it's a punch in the gut when you realize that explosion happened an hour ago you forgot about alfred and then but it's just something that helps to remember who bruce wayne really is and then that final bit in the film like the whole i don't know how long it was but like the third act just pays it off really well yeah i definitely think there's so much more batman than bruce wayne in this film and normally i wouldn't like that for example in batman returns bruce wayne is barely in it and i don't like that but in this film i think that that is entirely the point The point is... That is justified. Yes. The point is that Batman is consuming Bruce and he's going on this crusade and he isn't realizing the ways in which Bruce Wayne can be of value. It's very similar to what we see in Batman v Superman where Bruce feels like the bat is consuming him and he learns throughout the film that Bruce Wayne can actually be really valuable. And I really like that. In this film... I think it really works that Bruce is a loner and he's uncomfortable with any sort of limelight. Whereas Batman, even Riddler says it, I don't want to know your true face because Batman is your true face. You know, the mask that he wears is Bruce Wayne and Batman is him, is, is him expressing it. And in this film, a lot of the themes are about him coming to gr- terms with a bit more of his humanity and not just being the symbol of fear, but also being able to provide the city with that sense of hope. Yeah, I was I was hearing a lot of criticism about like, oh, there's more Batman in Bruce Wayne. I get that, but this is really, you know, justified, you know, like being more personified with Batman because if you remember in the Dark Knight trilogy, Bruce Wayne uses well, Bruce Wayne as his different persona. Batman is his real identity. So in this film, you do see the real Bruce Wayne in in this. And then the Bruce Wayne you see in public is just completely different. Like in the funeral scene, he's a very introverted, alone. Well, he he is alone a lot in in this film. He's just alone in his cave, listening to Nirvana, just being Uh. really broody. <laughs> that that is really they the captured that. It's completely changed when you meet Selena. I think you know, yeah, the idea of uh, of hope. And the great thing about this film is really realistic because a lot of fans in the past will talk complaining about like Batman killing people. I mean, you can see that in the Arkham games. Like he's brutal. Like what he does yeah. with the, with the criminals, and you know, 
not stabbing them but bonking them a lot of things as well a but lot this, of things, yeah but this it's just really well done and there's not a lot of fight scenes which is great because in a lot of batman comics or i don't know in not in the comics but films it's uh, like there's a lot of fight scenes and it can get a bit confusing but these they're so good that they're just really good and you don't get lost and you just the scene at the end when they're all in the in the flooding center and oh it was so good the the ceiling like begins to explode and for a second you think oh is there is there another riddler bomb and then batman drops down from the flames down and just starts beating up all these guys that that are dressed as riddler it was an amazing moment but it was so indicative of what the themes of the film are because it then shows batman overwhelmed and selena and gordon are people that come to his to his rescue and when he injects himself with adrenaline i think it was adrenaline and he kind of like i think it is adrenaline or it was either it was either adrenaline or this is kind of out of left field but it could be lazarus which is the healing water from the comics because it was green and it seemed to heal his wound so it could be either but either way he injects himself with it and he completely lets go and just starts beating this guy so much and selena is so scared of him in at this point because of how far he's going from this random guy and then when he when gordon asks who are you the guy says i'm vengeance and in that moment bruce sees himself and he sees what he's become and what he may become and Uh. he pulls back and it was such a good scene great action uh, and fitting in with the themes of the film like that is top tier comic book content or film content that yeah like if you're batman oh dude yeah i forgot well i mean he's completely losing it and i don't think we've seen like a really well i mean you see that in the quarter of hours like at the end of the volume where batman just doesn't give up and he said he had like enough like at the end, if you remember, like yes. in the maze. Oh, I thought they were going to add in the maze in the film. There's a lot of theories that the Court of Owls were going to be in it. And I would love to see the Court of Owls in a film one day, but I'm glad they didn't. It would have been yeah. so much more to do if they had the Court of Owls in it. That would be really hard to do, actually. Like set up Bruce Wayne, address who the Court of Owls, and then connect with Lot. A lot of people, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't work, but it would work in in a future film. So, yeah, and uh, and he was like in pure anger, just like beating the crap out of this criminal, just like being out. And that's like the first time that we see a character who's like an ally who's scared of Batman. Imagine like an unhinged Batman. Well, we kind of see that. It was really cool. And then what I loved about how that sequence progresses is. As soon as Bruce sees the similarities between him and all these Riddler people, the way that Riddler has inspired all of the the worst people in Gotham to kind of rise up and deal this damage, he looks down and he sees people in danger and he realizes that this is this is what it's for. It's not about beating criminals. It's about saving the city. And he jumps down into the water and... I loved it so much as he walked towards and he and he and he held his hand out to help and he's got the flare in his hand and nobody nobody comes with him because they're scared of him and the boy the orphan who he's seen throughout the whole film and connected with as bruce and batman the orphan is the person to reach out because they understand each other even if the kid doesn't know that that is bruce wayne 
and Bruce leads the people to safety. You said it yourself. You cried in the cinema. It was. I cried. A, yeah, I cried it was so hard at that. The bit when he just cuts off the electricity to sacrifice himself, but he saved himself. And with like the bat symbol, that was a cool bit. Like you don't yeah. see any barrels, but he used the bat symbol to do that. And the flash with the red and blue, like as he dropped down and it just went to darkness. And then the darkness just kind of represents Batman. You know, he's leading people to hope. Oh, dude, I'm getting chills now. It's so good. Like <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, and like and he- the red flare just guiding out like that is the batman we didn't we didn't even see like in any films like he doesn't really lead out to hope or anything like i I, give me one moment that he leads out to hope i can't remember anything that is the hope that we want to see from batman and yeah i'll tell you again i cried so hard like (laughs) i was trying not to cry like with a mask i had my mask on and then i was just like it's like 1917, you know, like he's running across. Yeah. There's just the power of cinema is just so strong in those moments. And I loved the final narration. Bruce accepts the hope. And when, when, and, and, he, and he has this, this person in his arms and he places them on the, on the stretcher and they get carried away and they're holding hands and he lifts them up. And ah, it was such a good ending and it's kind uh, of a shame i'm getting choked up no no it's kind uh. of a shame because kind of like justice league it has two extra scenes after that which don't work half as much the scene with riddler and joker was good but it was very much like sequel setup and it didn't feel entirely it felt a bit out of place and the scene where selena and bruce say goodbye that was great i loved it again you know like there's that temptation to leave and and the drawn to each other and at the end of the day their relationship is very central to the film but that scene where bruce helps that person and they fly away in the helicopter was such a good ending and i wish it had ended there because you know, to, to begin and end with his narration would have been so cool. But yeah, this, I mean, to give my closing thoughts, this film had some of the best Batman moments ever. The entire opening with Batman was just top tier comic book content in general. It is, yeah. The music was um, amazing. The action, the shots. Oh, Michael Cicchino, so you are good. God at this. You, he's did the most amazing Amazing. Bit. What a guy. What a man. Especially yeah, he did that. Brilliant. The guidance scene, you know, like him just like saving those. That was yeah. such a good piece of music. And ah, yeah. uh, the production level is insane. Like with the car chase, there was so much uh, practical elements. It didn't feel like it was all shot on a sta- on a sound stage. Yeah, it was so good, and I'm so proud of everyone involved. Well done, gold star. What are you going to give star. it out of ten? Ten out of ten. Come on, ten Brilliant. out of ten. I'm going to go nine out of ten. cinema i'm not gonna lie it wasn't it wasn't perfect but it was nearly nearly perfect i didn't i thought there wasn't enough bruce and alfred and i you know the joker scene kind of rubbed me the wrong way but yeah so cool so 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 cool thank you everyone for listening wait i'm put my closing thoughts it's a great film it's one of the best films i've seen so and I'm glad I watched it in the cinema with the super screen. And oh my God, the super screen, like it was oh, so yeah. loud and like, and the music as well. And 
Oh, it was so good. It was so good. I'm glad I saw it. It's great. Yeah, well, thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoyed, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe if you want to see more. We recently did an episode on the best Batman stories and we've got quite a bit of Batman content if you guys are interested. More DC stuff, more superhero stuff in general. You can give us an email and tell us your thoughts on the Batman or give us any questions and we will answer them on the pod if you email us at alstimefilmpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at alstimefilmpod. Next week... We are going to be doing Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, preparing for Secrets of Dumbledore. So get ready for that. Thank you for listening. We thoroughly enjoyed talking about the Batman. And finally, we've, we saw a masterpiece on, on the big screen. Finally, oh, yeah. we saw something that was amazing. And Matt Reeves, you did really well, by the way, if you're listening to this. Matt Reeves has finally truly become Bat Reeves. Bad Reeves, yeah, baby. I'm really looking forward to see what he's going to do in the future. And I have faith. This is the yeah. guy who did War for the Planet of Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and Cloverfield. That was yeah, Cloverfield, I haven't seen Cloverfield, but yeah, I've heard good things. It was it was actually good. It was like a really good found footage, found footage film. So great. Yeah, yeah, great. Make sure that you get vaccinated. I got my booster. So hey, well done. Hey. Yay, and make sure you wear your mask because some people in the cinema won't wear a mask. I'm like, mm, come on, you don't want to shut it down Shame. like before. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for listening. Yeah. Yeah, and stay safe in general because the world is horrible. Yes. And if you want something that is really hopeful, Batman. Just yeah. watch, watch the Batman. Do it's, it. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. And be safe. Uh, I know it's crazy what's happening in ukraine and between russia and uh and yeah for those who are living in there just please stay safe and make sure you get a harm's way it's it's a bit mad but Definitely. yeah yeah and uh yeah we again enjoyed talking about the batman yeah take us out then yes Oh, I'll take us out. Oh, I thought I I I I misheard. I thought you said I was like, um take what you're giving. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.